Hi, this is Glory Bits, and I have a question for the Dark Trio. Um, with the reveal of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a new version coming to Netflix, everyone seems to be all in the discussion about horror franchises being rebooted or reborn. And I'm a little optimistic about this new one, especially considering the last time they tried to reboot Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It didn't really go too well for me. I thought it was just really fun and dumb at the same time. But I want to get your opinions on horror franchises basically getting a retake. And also, John, if you have Game Pass deal for the Xbox, I highly recommend playing a game called Man Eater. And all you really need to know about it is Killer Shark. And it's fun as hell. Thank you so much, and I love the podcast. Have a great day. Thanks, Gory Bits. Never thought I'd say that sentence. <laughs> um, I, I'm i actually, I'll go ahead and start this one. I wow. normally defer because I know I'm a coward by nature. <laughs> that first and foremost, I have actually tried that game on Game Pass. I gave up on it pretty quickly, mostly because I had just gotten Game Pass and that was a fast download, and I was playing it. And I just got excited to watch Halo, or play Halo. Uh, I should go back and try it again. I didn't. I did not give it enough credit, like trying to actually pick up, you know, how to eat people more. I wasn't good at it. The hunters kept getting me. It's fun. <laughs> well, see now, I now I definitely need to go back and check it out. But as far as the franchises and, and reboots, etc., I guess I'm not sure. I haven't seen all the new iterations of chainsaw so the jessica beal one is that reboot does that reboot restart everything or do they do another restart after that i thought they did another restart after uh did they? no because it's the jessica beal one the 2003 remake got a prequel yeah. and then uh i think the next one was leatherface oh, yeah. which was a prequel was Leatherface a prequel to the Jessica Biel one or just to Texas Chainsaw? Either or. I'm not really sure <laughs> because it's literally when Leatherface is a child. So I don't know what timeline it belongs to because it. I guess it could be. Hmm. Maybe it's its own little thing, but it's a prequel of, of somewhere in the franchise. Oh. By the way, John Squire's tweet about explaining <laughs> all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre titles was awesome. It's like, oh my god, they are all different, aren't they? And yet they're the exact same. Very strange. Uh, but as far as reboots are concerned, I I have a hard... I think people in general have a hard time with reboots and remakes, in my opinion, because we can't watch them in a vacuum. Because a lot of people who see the reboots and remakes see the originals. Probably seen the originals first. Maybe they go back afterwards. But I think when like seeing you know friday the 13th reboot or halloween or rob zombies halloween or something like that when you're not seeing it in a vacuum without any outside influences how you felt about previous iterations or sequels or anything like that it's always going to be impossible to really give it like a fair take unless you like trained to do it or desensitized to it or whatever so i don't have any problem with reboots and remakes like there's some like I don't like the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes, but for my own reasons, 
like I don't think it's because he's not a good filmmaker. He's not capable of doing the shots and everything. I just think that there was some stuff I'm like, oh, that it takes me out of it. Uh, but I'm not bothered by it. I would like to see more original stuff out there personally. But as Megan has m- more than once brought up, it's people vote with their dollars. You know, people put out new content, but if you're not watching these new series or these new ideas, whether they're streaming or in movies or whatever, they're not making any money, they're not going to make more. So they're going to reboot these existing franchises because they know that's where the money is. So at the same time, a person has every right to not like reboots and remakes. Mm -hmm. You have to at least understand the system and appreciate why it's happening in the first place. So I... I generally, it doesn't bother me. I'm more like, like when we talk about in the news, like Exorcist or that exorcism one that sold for $60 million or whatever that insane amount was. And they got all these big names. I I almost have to see it (laughs) just to see what brought in that kind of money for an exorcism movie. Yeah. Did they just get it in front of a person who's never seen an exorcism movie and thought, oh, my God, this is the most amazing idea ever. Why has no one ever made a movie about exorcisms? So, like, it doesn't – I just like to see just something different. If you can present something different, awesome. I don't need to see a shot-for-shot shot remake. You know, I don't need to see Gus Van Sant Psycho. Although, I didn't have a problem with Gus Van Sant Psycho either. I liked it just fine. Um so yeah, that's that's my feelings. Like I I have no problem with them. It's like any movie. I'll like it or I won't like it. It's but it doesn't bother me that they happen at all. It doesn't tarnish a franchise or a reputation to me. Uh how about you, Zena? What do you think? Um, I'm right there with you. You know, just to keep it simple, I do not have a problem with remakes, reboots, whatever you want to call them. Um, and it's it's kinda like this. If you do not want to see it, do not watch it. <laughs> it's it's that simple. And um, just even going back to uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, I know that there are ones that are silly, but I always just have so much fun with them. You know, they're usually very unpredictable. They have these quotes that I just find that I just cannot stop saying. They're fun, you know? So there's just so much to love about it. And again, it's not going to ruin the original movie. It never has and it never will. You can always go back and watch it. It's okay. Yeah, my boss had to tell me I have to stop introducing myself as being the Lord of the Harvest on Zoom calls. I need a video of this. <laughs> also, I think, quick... I think for legal reasons, I should not share that. Aww. Quick question. Just a clip then. With the one with Jessica Biel, right? I'm, I'm, yeah. I was thinking about rewatching it. Well, I started rewatching like the other ones and stuff like that. I've always thought that that one was a remake. And then mm-hmm. the one after is the one when he was a kid or when he was younger mm-hmm. or something, right? Yeah, yeah there's two prequels. Yeah. I don't know what the okay. timeline is, but the, the beginning is a prequel to the 2003. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah because it shows how Arlie Ermey became, quote-unquote, sheriff. Right. Alrighty. Yeah. Yeah, Those memories, two are memories. for sure connected. I'm not sure where Leatherface yeah. 2017 fits in. I don't. I never yeah. saw Leatherface 2017. <laughs> Me neither. Either. I haven't <laughs> seen that one. I have. I think it's okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Speaking of thinking it was okay, what do you think, Megan? Uh, just to build upon what you both have said that I agree with, um, I do want to say that the one thing that I notice every time, um, especially being more active on Twitter is that with every new like legacy 
sequel, reboot, requel, whatever, I notice a trend where everybody wants to go back and revisit the entire franchise that came before. Mm -hmm. There are multiple people on my timeline that are going back over this past week and watching all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So (laughs) yeah, see, and that's the one thing that is like, whether how we feel about the new one, whether we like it or not, I, you know, can't be upset at anything that inspires people to go back and watch. And I think that that's kind of a, I don't know, something to keep in mind that there's always new people to horror, new fans who are getting acclimated to horror, who have never watched multiple movies or entries in a franchise. And uh, this type of thing has a way of kind of introducing new fans. You know, like Mm Xena said, it's not going to erase what already exists. In fact, it serves as a reminder that this stuff is out there and they should go look for it. I never thought about it that way. You met, you mentioned the same thing with Scream. Like, you went back and watched all the Scream movies before the new Scream movie. Same thing with Saw. A lot of people go back and watch yeah. all of the Saw movies. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that... And I think that's why that they have the naming scheme that they do lately. As annoying mm-hmm. as it is for us fans, Halloween 2018 versus Halloween 1978 and, and whatnot. Um, but I think that that exists because we are generations removed from when these movies came out. And so you have these, these are inter these are entry points to this franchise for a lot of newcomers. And you know, the more the merrier you're welcome. If this is your entry point, great. Let's introduce you to everything that came before. Right. Yeah. Like people need to stop seeing that horrible line. I know it's from South park, whatever they, they're ruining our childhood. Like, well, they're not ruining, but you know, and it's like, no, you're not. No, they're not. Actually, what they're doing is they're solidifying it because like you said, and I never thought about it that way, but yeah, that makes total sense that if somebody sees it and they're like, well, what was your, oh, there was an original. Yeah. Okay. I want to go see that. What was that like? Like you're actually reminding people that it existed in the first place. You're not taking away the fan base. You're introducing You're building it. You're building Mm -hmm. the fan base. Yeah. Like, it's not actually a bad thing. Like, you can call, if it's retreading the tire, that's, sure, maybe, whatever. Yeah. Making, or or in a capitalistic society, they're putting their dollars where they think they're going to make their money back or make a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Like, it might just be, it, maybe it's just the nature of things right now, but there's also plenty of graded independent stuff out there that people can find. Yeah. Like, maybe it doesn't get the same level of billing, but it doesn't make the other stuff not exist. Exactly. Speaking of not existing, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? Cherry Falls from 2000. <sighs> I uh, watched it on DVD, but it is now available on Shutter. And this is a big deal because this movie, it's never really streaming anywhere. So, if you do have Shutter and you want to see this movie, you should check it out. I first watched this movie um, when I was like 13. Don't do that to your 13 year olds. I don't know why. <laughs> My parents let me watch this. But um, basically, uh, Cherry Falls is a town in Virginia. 
And there are these teenagers who are being brutally murdered. It's horrible. There are bodies just piling up and then someone is carving the word virgin into them. And then the leading girl, Jody, uh, played by the late Brittany Murphy, um, you know, she's, she's our leading girl. I love, love Brittany Murphy. She was just such a great actress. Love seeing her on screen. And, uh, yeah, you know, she's basically among the students trying to find out what's going on. And, uh, she soon finds herself being chased by the killer. So this one was around the time, right after Scream, Urban Legends. I know what you did last summer. So it kind of fell in that mix, but I always felt like this one would always get lost in the cracks. And I feel like it's completely different because a slasher is just like, you know, do not have sex. And this movie is encouraging you to do that. So, um, but yeah, there's a killer. It's, you know, this person is killing everyone and targeting virgins and stuff like that. So I think the kills are really brutal. I love the chase scenes, like the way the camera moves and stuff, especially this is particular one scene that takes place in the school. That's just, it's just, ah, it just makes me so excited. It's a great movie. Um, if you want to watch it and there's, there's some stuff though, that happens. That's just like, Oh, cringe, but just know. <laughs> yeah. Just know. So there you go. You guys ever check this movie out? You fans, you hate it. It has been a long, long time since I've visited this one, probably since it was brand new on home video or whatever. Wow. So I, I am in dire need to, to revisit. I remember hearing about it. It's just, one that never was really on my radar. Mm -hmm. I do have vivid uh, images of the killer and yeah. because it's so bonkers, but yeah. It's insane. It's like, I'm not going to lie, the storyline it is a little bit silly, uh, but it's very creative. It's just a very creative movie. Um, very unique. So that was like the first thing I checked out earlier. Uh, then I also checked out The Vineyard from 1989 on Tubi. So there is a world famous winemaker named Dr. Poe. He invites actors to his estate because he's saying how he's filming a movie and he wants them to audition, um, but there is no movie, okay? He has a deadly secret. And this movie to me kind of felt like uh, Big Trouble in Little China, um, but there, there's like Is that zombies, same so... Lopan? Yes. Same actor? Yeah. It is. And oh, nice. he, he, uh, he also um, co-directed it, so I thought that was really cool. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just, this movie is, is a blast. It has like a very magical feel to it. Um, basically with this doctor, he found a way with a spell, a ritual, um, where he's able to stay handsome forever, you know, for centuries and centuries. And, um, yeah, that's just pretty much it. So he invites these young people over, these young, attractive people, and then he's just killing them off one by one. He has henchmen. You know, they're a pretty cool crew, you know. They actually look like they could do some damage. Because, you know, sometimes when you see some people, it's like, oh, come on, I can take that person on. But no, I don't think that I, I could. But, yeah, I just feel like it's really mesmerizing. It's magical. There's garden zombies, so that's cool. And it just, it has like a, a, like a campy feel to it, but I really enjoyed it. It's been on my watch list for a while. I remember watching bits and pieces of it as a kid, but I never fully watched it. And I really enjoyed it. I feel like it's one of those kind of uh, quintessential kitchen sink 80s horror movies. You know what I mean? It, like yeah, 80, definitely 80s is. horror has this thing where they like to throw everything at you despite mm -hmm. one linear kind of plot synopsis or log line. And they're like, we're going to throw in garden zombies. We're going to throw in a sleazy <laughs> winemaker. We're going to throw in all these <laughs> random things. We're going to put a history. We're going to put a sacrificial altar in there too while we're at it. 
It's it's insane. And it I watched a movie that was similar. Um, I forgot the title of it. It was also made in the 80s. And it had a similar premise where young people are being like kidnapped and pretty much their brains are going into older people's bodies. That one's on too. I was going to talk about it, but, um, but yeah, this one blew me away, but yeah, I'll think of it and then I'll let you guys know, but it, that one's a good time as well. Nice. Uh, I checked out the house on Netflix. Uh, it's a 2022 release. It's pretty new and it is a stop motion animated movie, uh, across three different eras, a poor family, an anxious developer and a fed up landlady become tied to the same mysterious house. What the IMDB description has at the end of that. And I left off is it calls it a dark comedy. And I think that's a really weird description for this movie. I think that kind of applies ish, but doesn't. So it's stop motion animated with like these felt puppets and stuff, which lends an already kind of eerie quality to it, but it's an anthology. So the first one is set in like Victorian times and this house in the middle of nowhere that just does creepy things and there are creepy people in it. That one to me is flat out horror. Uh, and it has a pretty good cast, uh, voice cast anyway, like Mia Goth is, is the girl, the little girl, uh, Matthew Good is her dad. The second one kind of leans more into dark comedy, but it's still pretty creepy, especially if you don't like, uh, silverfish or cockroaches, because that Ooh. one flashes to the present day. And this time it's an anthropomorphic rat who is a developer, trying to get this house uh, ready to sale to sell, but he's fired his staff to keep the cost down. So it's just him fighting off infestations. Then creepy people come along and it's just so bizarre, weird. <laughs> and then you flash forward to the future where it's water, you know, flood rising and it's a cat really wanting to, to remake this or rebuild this house, restore this house, but her tenants for this house, don't really pay money for her to do it. And it's it that one's probably the lighter of the three, but it is kind of this genre bender that is hard to describe. Uh the artwork, the stop motion animation, it's all gorgeous, but it's a little unsettling depending on what kind of style you like. But that first one is pure horror. Um so yeah, I, I did like it overall. And then uh, I watched Wolf Like Me. That one released last month on Peacock. It is a six-episode series, super short. Each episode is less than 25 minutes or right around 25 minutes long, so you can binge that in an afternoon. Uh, Gary is an emotional wreck and struggles to provide for his daughter since the death of his wife, her mother. And Mary has a secret she can't bring herself to share with anyone. The universe brought these two together for a reason. If you cannot guess by the title what her secret <laughs> might be, you just probably aren't a werewolf fan. Um, this is from the writer-director of Little Monsters on Hulu. So if you love that one, uh, you will also like this one. I really loved Little Monsters. It's got that same kind of charming sense of humor. Uh, Josh Gad is in this one again. This time, instead of playing a jerk uh, children's entertainment host or whatever, this time he is he's the, the lead, leading man. And Isla Fisher is the werewolf love he falls her. for. 
Yeah. Oh, I've seen the preview for this. Yeah. It's hilarious. She, it is yeah. really, really sweet. And it is very much an Abe Forsyth, um, you know, with little monsters. He used a zombie apocalypse uh, for this kind of man child to grow up uh, amidst an outbreak at a school field trip. But this time, Wolf Like Me, it's, you know, this family is broken after mom died and she's never really recovered from turning into a werewolf. And, and how the, this kind of blended makeshift family comes together provides dramedy. But there's definitely some, you know, werewolf antics that adds that's the horror. It's, it's a really, really cute, really charming uh, werewolf. If you want me to watch a rom-com, throw a werewolf in there and my ears perk up and I'm <laughs> sold. So, but yeah, it's, it's pretty charming. If you like little monsters, you'll like wolf like me. Nice. You know, I can't remember what context Julian Sands came up on this podcast. It was an episode or two ago, but for some reason he stuck in my head. So when I saw it was available, I had to watch 1991's Warlock. Zeta talked and about I think Warlock. A... I think that's how it's... it came up. It's did wonderful. You talk about, yes. You I'm did obsessed talk about Warlock? with it. That's what it was. Yeah. We well, even... I don't think I've seen it since like 1993. So <laughs> I was like, I'll give this another one shot. So instead of me talking about watching The Dark Half this week, which I also did, I just decided to do another Xena watch and Warlock. In Boston, 1691, a warlock is sentenced to death but escapes magically into present days, followed doggedly by the witch hunter. There he is searching for the three parts of the devil's Bible, trailed by the witch hunter and the woman whose house he landed in. They must stop him as the book contains the true name of God, which he can use to uncreate the world. You should have done that in a Boston accent. <laughs> oh, God. Well, at least, at least it wasn't the 1920s accent. No, that was the, oh, that was the best. That one. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Bring back Gangster John. <laughs> uh, maybe for the next one. We'll see. Um, this is such a weird movie. <laughs> is it? It's not weird bad. It's it's weird almost like the 80s were a weird time. And I know this is 91, it, but early 90s still feels like 80s. To me, at least in movies, especially horror movies. And it, it's just bizarre because it's the combination of like the times and I I almost don't know how to put it into words so the thing that trips me up a lot in this movie is a curse gets put on this poor woman early on and it's telegraphed pretty early on about her like aging rapidly etc and so overnight she ages 20 years it's just in her face <laughs> she still she still is in amazing shape but she's all of a sudden 40 years old and the way they make 40 year olds they yeah. depict a 40 year old looking <laughs> suddenly made me feel super self-conscious about age i was like whoa 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 what is happening here? <laughs> those were a hard 20 years. 
And then another day goes by and she ages another, tw- spoilers, she ages another 20 years. This all happens in like the first 30 minutes of the movie. She ages another 20 years till she's 60 and she's just like decrepit. <laughs> like she can like barely walk. She's like, just go on without me. It's like she's 60. Well, may- maybe, maybe it's 1691 ver- like version of aging. Sure. Maybe. So she should basically be like a, this, like a skeleton at this, this, this point. The Satan, Satanic magic, uh, eighteen nine or sixteen ninety one uh, aging. I just love either it was the writer, the director, or the actor's choice of how to play sixty, I think and it was that's the what they ended choice. up with. But you like, know, okay, play sixty. It's like, I remember oh, why. Okay, I'm so old. <laughs> I remember when I first watched this movie as a kid. This uh, spoiler, this is a scene where she goes to sleep in the bathroom, right? Or she passes out in the bathroom or something. For the longest time, I just assumed if you go to sleep in your bathroom, it will age you. So I would never do. I mean, who would do that? But I was a kid, you know, it's like four. I don't know. I just thought that was a thing. It's okay. I thought Skeletor was going to pop out of the bathtub uh, drain. So, you know, how many how many kids couldn't go swimming in a lake after they saw Jaws? (laughs) Like, it's fine. Okay. It, I get it. But I mean, it worked out because bathrooms do not look like a comfortable place to sleep anyway. I mean, so temperature wise, it's always so cool in there. <laughs> so that's why I was thinking <laughs> this could be a good place for a nap. I don't know. Depending on the circumstances, like if you've had a long night on Bourbon Street, there's worse places <laughs> to fall asleep than the bathroom of your hotel room. There you go. <laughs> I just, I feel like I need to mom sit you now. <laughs> <laughs> No, what happens in Bourbon Street gets shared whenever I feel the need to talk about New Orleans. If we're in New Orleans, I will have to watch you and make sure you don't pass out in the street. Oh, we were just talking about going back there today, and I don't think it's going to happen for a while. Um, Anyway, on this episode, when John stops talking about Hell House LLC and starts talking about how much he misses Louisiana, uh, Warlock, it's really, it's... Warlock almost feels like a longer version of like an, a late 80s, early 90s TV show than a movie to me. Like an episode of Highlander or something. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it, it, it's, a, it's fairly cheesy. They, they really shoehorn a lot mm-hmm. into 90 minutes. You, you get Mennonites involved pretty early on. And I was like, what is happening with the Mennonites now? <laughs> She gets over the death of her roommate almost immediately. I mean, <laughs> like, that doesn't even factor maybe in. Maybe he didn't pay his rent. He was always late. I don't know. Oh, it's <laughs> it's very, they shoehorn so much just, madness into it. I'm sorry. Now I want a horror sitcom called What is Happening to the Mennonites. <laughs> totally. And they're the only ones, evidently, that are prepared for, like, the, the, the witches and the devils <laughs> to be unleashed because they can see the signs. Yeah, yeah. it's all, it, it's a very bizarre movie that I'm not sure how it got two sequels because it lost, the original lost money. Yeah, and but they're like, yeah, let's make more. That was also in the era where you could probably fizzle out and still become a hit mm-hmm. on video. That's, oh, I mean, that was sure. the same thing with yeah. Princess Bride. That was a flop in theaters. Well, and depending on where they shot it, they might've got massive tax breaks from it and stuff just for shooting it in the first place. I'm so uh, surprised after the third one that we didn't get a fourth one, though. That one was fun. It felt very 90s. It was modern. I, I did not like the third one. 
Oh my god, what? I thought it was great. Uh, the second Ju- one Julian I like. Julian Sands isn't in the third one, no, right? It's, no, it's And the second different... one is just like a soft reboot, isn't it? No, the second one is not a soft reboot. I mean, Julian oh, Sands he... comes back. I mean, he's definitely trying to to end the world, but he's doing he's trying to bring <laughs> Satan. Um yeah. and there's like a couple and there's rune fighting. They're they're little <laughs> Celtic warriors. Yeah. It's it's different. Different crazy but yeah the third one by comparison is kind of dull for me i I feel the opposite yeah like i felt like the second one was kind of dull but the third one it just it felt very 90s going into that early 2000s it definitely feels 90s yes yeah i love the wardrobe so (laughs) ripe for remake yeah gotta get male witches in there come on White men aren't represented enough in movies. <laughs> the warlock with double V's. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. The warlock. The uh, so after that little bit of crazy, I decided to follow something up with something just totally normal. He dialed up the crazy. <laughs> I went with 1982's Pieces, which is available on AMC Plus, Tubi, I think lots of places. The co-eds of a sorry, Boston college. You went with a Boston theme. I, I I did, except unless you watch this movie and then you're like, Boston? That's supposed to be <laughs> yeah. Boston? What part of Boston is that? The co-eds of a Boston college campus are targeted by a mysterious killer who's creating a human jigsaw puzzle from their body parts. This one is so strange. Mostly because if I... So I had to look it up on Wikipedia because the dubbing is so poor. Great. It was... <laughs> Because <laughs> it's a, it's in Spanish, isn't it? Isn't is it a Spanish horror movie that they just dubbed into English? Uh, I, it is Spanish. Or some made, of the actors but, are Spanish. But there's that's the that typical thing was... with um, like a lot of Italian giallo too is yeah. that they are in English, but the ADR dubbing is never in sync, and so it looks like it's yeah. just <laughs> dubbed over when it was English all along. It's. The acting is super, super bizarre because, and I'm, I'm, you guys have to remind me, I didn't look this up. Is that the guy who played Bluto in the Popeye movie with, that plays the gardener? <laughs> I, I know what you're talking, I don't, I've, I've never seen the Popeye movie. Oh, really? It, with Robin does, Williams? I'm sorry. It does look like Bluto from the Popeye's movie. It's just you were very descriptive. Yeah, it's totally him. He's a big guy, like a big guy. Although he's kind of doing a Popeye look, he just kind of like looks out of like one bulging eye, obviously made to be menacing. It the movie itself, I love the premise of the movie. No, this, this movie I think is this great. Could, I will fight you. <laughs> this could be an amazing remake. No, I but think. then you'll lose the charm because uh, you, this is like a crazy <laughs> charm. charm. Yes, charm. Different kind of charm. Different, totally different, different. kind of charm. Like a schlock kind of charm. Uh, yes. But you can't, you're not going to be able to recreate a moment where she is running from the killer and runs into like a Kung Fu pizza delivery guy. That's never <laughs> going to work again. I was so confused by that. I was like, why is this guy attacking her all of a sudden? What happened? It's like I, it was a genre so, shift all of a sudden. This was your first time watching, I'm assuming? I think I watched it a while ago. Okay. But I I think it was one of those like half watching sort of things yeah. when I was working. So now you can appreciate the craziness of the tagline being it's exactly what you think it is. 
What? That's the tagline? <laughs> yes. It's exactly That's what That's amazing. Think it yeah. It's one of my but favorite taglines. The trailer is insane. You should know what you're getting yourself into based on the trailer alone. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's so bananas on so many levels. The 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 character development, I'll say. <laughs> uh the the quote-unquote tennis pros in the movie. <laughs> um but the thing that got me is there's one scene, and I had to look this up. This is part of what I had to look up on Wikipedia. So I was trying to figure something else out, and I saw this, and it amazed me. This is an actual, if you go on Wikipedia, if you look up pieces on Wikipedia, and you look through the synopsis, watch the movie first so you don't spoil anything for yourself, because you don't want to spoil the ending of this, that there's actually a line in the synopsis that says, she gets chased down by the killer. As she pees herself, the killer saws into the room. There is this... I, I don't particularly like it in horror movies when they show, like, an adult peeing themselves or any movie, like, to, like, show anxiety or stress or whatever. Like, it just... It seems like a weird thing to, like... Like, I get it. You're being chased by a killer. Like, do you need to show this actor peeing their pants because they're scared or whatever? It's it, It's heavy-handed to me. But this one, there was absolutely no reason to show it. But they zoomed in on the urine stains forming, like, on her crotch as the chainsaw is going through the wall. And I'm like, wow, that was a weird thing to focus on. And then the fact that the Wikipedia synopsis calls out that she's peeing herself while she's chasing. Like, why? Why do you have to call that out? It's so weird. But Wikipedia is people putting submissions in so somebody wrote that's yeah, but, not official yeah, somebody put that oh in. yeah <laughs> but the fact that somebody had to call that out that 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 was clearly a part of the movie that needed it i also love how the the least subtle implement for killing someone ever is somehow hidden in multiple scenes for people not to notice like all of a sudden two people in an elevator all by themselves Chainsaw came out, did not notice a giant chainsaw behind the killer's back. It's so weird. In the best way. I, I mean, don't know I, about a, a remake. <laughs> See, oh. it, it, would not, it would not work. There's well, too much. It, it would work as a completely separate entity because I actually like the concept of what the killer's doing. I like. Yeah, like, but... I think that's a really creepy, morbid thing the motivation for the killer totally confusing the ending huh (laughs) but what the the concept of what the killer is doing has happened in multiple horror movies Mm -hmm. for a very 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 long time so oh no i don't want to say which well yeah i won't i won't ask which ones i just can't think of them off the top of my head um and maybe because now I'm thinking reboots and remakes, I'm just like, well, okay, do pieces. Why not? Um, I'm sure it has been, but it, it's all it's all very, very bizarre. And I think I will lean towards Megan and say, in the best way. Yeah. Did you? Ha- were you entertained ha- by the madness, or were you mad? Uh, I was I wasn't mad about it. I was teetering more on the edge of confusion versus entertainment. It it was it there was a point where it got to be like, all right, what's going to happen next? 
All right, uh, what's going to happen See? Next? See? Like, you don't I didn't know. want to turn it off. Which is why it's hilarious that the tagline is, it's exactly what you think it is. Because yeah, it is, not. in a way, but then it's not. It is not. It can't be. It can't be. It is if you think about the concept. Sure. The, but the otherwise, concept, no. No, yes. it's completely yeah. not at all. Like, what, what the French toast is this? Yeah. I challenge the listeners to watch pieces and tell me, is this exactly what you thought it would be? <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody why? would know that that's what they're getting. Who hurt you? Uh, <laughs> I will blow your mind. Maybe it won't blow your mind. But this director also directed Slugs, that other movie I made you watch. Whoa. Oh, God. Well, see, that, that just makes sense, actually. Does it, though? Cool. I feel like that's far more coherent of a movie. Yeah, but it upset me because of the slugs. <laughs> he does it, score it is more really well. Yeah, it is more coherent, sure. The the leaps in logic, I can definitely see the parallels, though. All of a sudden, the, the bedroom full of slugs that nobody noticed. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. how it happens. Sure. Instant. It's normal. Instant chainsaw manifestation. Yeah, everyone knows slugs can teleport. It's, it's canon. Yeah. All right. Before we move on, what do we watch and how do we watch it? I watched Cherry Falls on DVD, but it is on Shutter right now. And then I watched The Vineyard on Tubi. I watched The House on Netflix and Wolf Like Me on Peacock. And I watched 1991's Warlock on Tubi and Pieces on AMC Plus, but it's also available on Tubi. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Uh, Netflix is going to have a very busy year in movies. They teased their 2022 slate with a preview video that gave a first look at the vampire film Day Shift, which stars Jamie Foxx as a hard-working blue-collar dad who wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted daughter. But his mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of hunters. Uh, it also gave a brief peek at David Harbour as a ghost in Christopher Landon's family adventure movie, We Have a Ghost. Anthony Mackie stars alongside Harbour. The plot synopsis reads, Finding a ghost named Ernest haunting their new home turns Kevin's family into an overnight social media sensation. But when Kevin and Ernest go rogue to investigate a mystery of Ernest, the mystery of Ernest's past, they become a target of the CIA. And then uh, also not included in the video, but there were some other really fun tidbits in their preview slate. Uh, Alexandra Bruges, uh, director of the awesome One of the Dead movie and the best segment Ooh. in Nightmare Cinema, or my favorite, I shouldn't say best, uh, is putting everything on the line in The Inheritance, a new horror movie. Uh, coming uh, and so far these three don't have release dates yet they're just gonna be sometime in 2022 so I'm sure that's only a matter of time but the inheritance is uh it follows on the eve of his 75 75th birthday billionaire Charles Abernathy invites his four estranged children back home out of fear that tonight someone or something is coming to kill him 
To ensure his family will help protect him from whatever's coming, Abernathy puts each of their inheritance on the line. They'll get nothing if he's found dead by dawn. This was originally titled The Last Will and Testament of Charles Aber Abernathy, and it stars Rachel Nichols, who appeared in the Amityville horror remake The Woods and P2. And then uh, Robert England is coming to Netflix in the fourth season of Stranger Things, but we're getting double England uh, as far as genre projects on Netflix goes. England hey. stars alongside Asa Butterfield in Choose or Die. This is formally titled... I don't even know how to pronounce this, so I'm very yeah, glad they updated the title. Because the former title was Curse, but instead of an E, it's like a greater than sign. Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, cur you do that? Cursor? <laughs> cursor. I bet it's Cursor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, good job. Choose or Die is much easier to say. But that one is actually got a release date. It is set to premiere on Netflix on April 15th. After firing up a lost 80s survival horror game, a young coder unleashes a hidden curse that tears reality apart, forcing her to make terrifying decisions and face deadly consequences. That's just the start of what's ahead. That's just kind of like a highlight uh, synopsis that I'm throwing out here because there's so much more um, and some of it sooner rather than later. Uh, and if you need more Walking Dead in your life, even though it's in its final episodes, or maybe I haven't kept up. I know it's in its final season, but I don't know if the finale is aired yet. Anyways, uh, AMC recently gave the green light to Tales of the Walking Dead. It's a spinoff anthology series, which is going to be set, obviously, within the expanded world of the Walking Dead. The show's six-episode first season is expected to pre premiere this summer. Uh, what perked my ears up is that uh terry cruz parker posey and jillian bell have joined the cast that's a very intriguing uh cast addition there anthony edwards and poppy lou will also star each one hour episode is set within the world of the walking dead and will feature both new and existing characters um the series more than any other in the walking dead universe runs on new voices perspectives and ideas bringing to life stories unlike uh bringing the to life stories unlike we've told before franchise architect scott gimple said i'm thrilled to be uh helping in every way i can to make those new visions real for the best fans in tv so yeah it's uh the fourth official walking dead series following in the wake of the main show fear the walking dead and the walking dead world beyond and a spinoff centered on daryl and carol is also in the works so that will make series number six from from this franchise it's very very busy and this is Xena News specifically. Um, Barbarian Sound Studio and In Fabric's Peter Strickland is a filmmaker who loves to soak his audience in decadence. With Flux Gourmet, he's cooked up an ASMR art from food in new dramatic thriller from IFC Midnight. In the film, a sonic collective who can't decide on a name takes up a residency at an institute devoted to culinary and alimentary performance. The members of LDL... Billy Rubin and Lamina Properia are caught up in their own power struggles, only their dysfunctional dynamic is furthermore exacerbated when they have to answer to the Institute's head, Jan Stevens. With the various rivalries unfolding, Stones, the Institute dossier, has to privately endure increasingly fraught stomach problems while documenting the collective's activities. It's, I, I don't even know what I just said. I just read it. I don't know what I said. But uh, it also stars... 
Asa Butterfield, who I just listed as mm-hmm. starring in Netflix's Choose or Die, Gwendolyn Christie, who was in In Fabric and also Game of Thrones. Uh, it's going to hold its world premiere at the forthcoming Berlin Film Festival, and so it should be on IFC, or IFC Midnight will release it sometime after. Did you watch the trailer by any chance, Cena? This is, like, yes. pretty recent. And I have no idea what's going on, but I'm excited. It, this stuff it, is just so unique. It really does look like emerging a barbarian sound studio and in fabric. I mean, you've got the visuals and, like, that weird mm-hmm. kind of hypnotic elegance but then the sound design in that trailer is unreal so i'm definitely feeling like a sensory experience of the bazaar is probably what's ahead i assume you're you're on board on board from day one yes like when you were going to read it you was going to say uh the director's name i was just going to say yes that is all you that's know? it peter strickland i didn't need to i didn't need to mm-hmm. tell you anymore uh, and then uh, Zombie Love Studios, in partnership with Snoopadelic Films, are thrilled to announce Tales from the Crip, the upcoming graphic novel from legendary rapper Snoop Dogg and Eisner Aww. Award-nominated graphic novel creator and award-winning television writer-producer Rodney Barnes. It is a horror anthology series in the tradition of the classic EC comics of old, Tales from the Crip, will feature urban-themed horror stories introduced by the legendary rapper and penned by Barnes. The title will be released under Barnes Zombie Love Studios imprint this fall, following the debut of highly anticipated Blackula, which will preview in September. The title joins Barnes' burgeoning catalog of graphic novels highlighted by uh, Eisner-nominated Philadelphia, which is good, created by Barnes and artist Jason Sean Alexander. Snoop Dogg, of course, uh, starred in... Bones, Ernest Dickerson's Bones, and he's going to be seen in Jamie Foxx, uh, alongside Jamie Foxx in Netflix's upcoming Day Shift. So I just closed the loop there. See what I did? <laughs> I was well hoping done. that it was it was going to be like, oh, he's he's back with Ernest Dickerson and there's going to be a Bones reboot I, sequel. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> gave you graphic novel news and not Ernest Dickerson. But yeah, Ernest Dickerson, <laughs> why are you not doing more horror? Come back. Please. Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. <laughs> After hearing the 2022 horror lineup, do you now understand why Netflix is making us pay $20 a month to pay for all these new movies? Are you cool with it? Annoyed with it? Still better than paying for cable? Let's hear about it. You can call or text us at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zena is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options. Include us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? We have some cool things coming out this week. Um, Love is in the air, so just keep that in mind. So, Tuesday <laughs> the 8th, our Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. It will be available on DVD. So, if you didn't get a chance to catch it in theaters, maybe you want to watch it on DVD or Blu-ray. I don't know. Live your life. <laughs> then, next up... <laughs> Next up, we have Bite Me. Bite Me is going to be available on VOD. When Sarah, a real-life vampire, is audited, the last thing she expects is a date. But an unlikely spark with IRS agent James forces two misfits to confront whether they have the courage to commit to radical act of falling in love. Hmm, love. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, then on Wednesday the 9th, um, we have The Privilege. It will be coming to Netflix. A wealthy teen and his friends attending an elite private school uncover a dark conspiracy while looking into series while looking into a series of strange supernatural events. 
Then on Thursday the 10th, we have All the Moons coming to Shudder. So this is another vampire movie. It's a coming-of-age vampire movie that takes place in northern Spain at the end of the 19th century. You know, guys, I really do miss vampire movies. So this is really exciting. We're, we're getting slasher movies, but we're also getting some vampire movies. So yippee. Yeah. <laughs> then on Friday the 11th, Joe Bob's Heartbreak Trailer Park. It premieres live on Shutter TV at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So yeah, you guys can expect fun movies, fun guests. And last and certainly not least, Bloody Disgusting TV is available as well as Screenbox. Oh, I just want to say Screenbox because I'm entertained by this. Uh, there's a staff picks section that updates every month. So mm -hmm. one of those is mine. Ooh. Yay! Oh, okay. Can you tell us oh, which one? Oh, should we? We should go look at it. I, I will tell you what this month's is. Uh, it's Bad Moon. Oh, yay! Mm. Yeah, but it changes every month. There's like four staff picks. So. That's so cool. Awesome. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week. Everyone, if you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod. Or drop us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content, like what we're about to record right after this, check us out on patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Mm -hmm.